I wanted to give you a chance um, today, since we're starting a series on finances, everybody's favorite. Um, we know that this is important, and yet, oh, money. When it comes to money, don't you just want to groan? Uh, I, I think you do, and so I'm going to give you that chance to groan in church before we start the series on money, okay? Um, and so, uh, yet, not yet. Don't jump the gun. Don't, okay. Well, I'm going to say one, two, three, and then everybody just, oh, okay? Just get it out of your system, and then we'll see what... Then we're going to move from that groan, which is how we feel about it, to eventually I think we're going to be saying, okay, because we feel a new freedom when we get to know God's plan for what God has in store for our money. Okay, so let's start with the groan. Ready? Let it all out now. One, two, three. Oh, okay, good. Didn't that feel good? I hope it did. Y'all are laughing. All right. Genesis chapter 12. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, it all begins with surrender. When we talk about life, when we talk about the life of faith, and when we talk about money especially, we will start with surrendering. And I had a guy um, who was very new to the faith tell me something that I thought was so wonderful that I wrote it down. It was in, um, a, I was just reading a book, and we just started talking, and he was new, and he told me about his life before, um, how lost he felt, how he felt like it was a dead end. Um, he had been sick. He had been struggling financially. He had had to move across the country, and um, he just didn't, he felt like he was failing um, as a father and um, as a husband. And he didn't, he had never known God, and God started calling him in these amazing ways. And finally, this man said, I answered. He said, You know what I found? I found the moment you surrender is the moment it starts to get better. The moment you surrender is the moment it starts to get better. And he said this with a huge smile on his face. And so that's what I would tell us today, is when it comes to life, and particularly when it comes to finances, the moment we surrender is the moment it starts to get better. Now I say that, and I look out at you, and most everybody here, we have some, like last service, we had a guy from Australia. So he's like, I'm not an American, you know, okay. But most of y'all are Americans, right? And Americans are not down with the whole surrendering thing, right? We don't surrender. We die hard with a vengeance, you know? We, we sing Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down, and we sing with the boss, No Retreat, No Surrender. And, I mean, even the modern hip-hop chart topper, Airplanes, talks about this guy's rapping about, like, I never gave up, and I'd just be thinking that airplanes were shooting stars if I'd given up, you know? And so he's, it's, we don't surrender. Look at our movies. In Inception, Leonardo DiCaprio in this dream world, it gets more and more crumbly, and it collapses, and his hopes, you know, dwindle to, like, single digits, and he won't give up. He's like, no, let's not call it off. Let's push on. And if we look at, like, Iron Man 2, you know, rich playboy hero, the odds get stacked and stacked up against him and he doesn't give up and he wins the day and he gets the girl. Hooray, the American dream, right? And we teach this to our kids too. Think about Toy Story. Toy Story 3, those poor toys have to fight through this like evil mastermind, lotso loving bear, I mean, and all of his little minions. And there's an incinerator for Pete's sake that they're like going towards and they have to overcome and then they get back to the arms of the child they love, right? And never give up, never surrender. I've said it 
You remember when I said to the kids, never give up? So what's the deal with me now saying you got to surrender, right? Can't do them both. Oh, bad news. Yes, you can. Because surrendering is not about giving up. It's about giving over. It's about giving over control, actually. It's about saying, instead of being in control, and personally me, myself, I will allow God to be in control of something. Maybe everything. Now, most of us surrender in pieces. None of us, even when we have that moment like that man did, to say, the moment you surrender is the moment it gets better. We think we might be giving God everything, but really we're like, okay, this but not this, right? And finances are especially hard to surrender because we have this idea that if we surrender our finances to God, we have this vague fear that he'll make us sell everything and go live in a box somewhere, right? Or that he'll ask us to part with more than we can ever do. And so we, we feel like, I think I have a better handle on my finances than God might. God has some crazy ideas about finances, right? That's not true. We need to get rid of that idea. God's idea for our finances is that we would be free, that they wouldn't be a burden anymore. God talks about, I mean, he tells Abraham, you're going to be prosperous, you're going to be famous, you're going to be a great nation, I'm going to bless you, but you do need to follow me. You need to leave all that you know and follow me on this journey. So it will take some sacrifice, but it will also be great. This will be the best thing we could ever do with our finances, is to let go and give God control. Now, another author, Barbara Brown Taylor, says, we never surrender by like going limp in God's arms. God always wants us to be active, to be involved. And so surrendering is going to mean we take some steps that we may have never taken before in looking at our finances. We're actively working with God to bring about a better future, to bring about a time, and some of y'all are there, where you're not worried about the money anymore. That's what God wants. Where you're free to be as generous as you want to be. That's what God wants. Where, where you can have the priorities that you think God is leading you to and actually fulfill them. That's what God wants. Abraham surrendered in pieces, though. The first piece was to leave home. And he, he had a good life. He was, how old was he? Y'all remember? Pop quiz. 35. 75. He was 75. Are we pretty set in our ways by the time we get to 75? Right? We pretty much have it figured out. God knocks on Abraham's door and is like, hey, I'm going to do something new if you follow me. I'm going to give you a son. I mean, whoa, that had been the hurt of Abraham and Sarah's life, is that they had no child that would carry on the line that they felt like it was a dead end. He's like, follow me, and the future can change. And Abraham does. That was the first surrender. The second one is in Genesis 14. Um, It has to do with money. Abraham fights a big fight. Um, back in the day, you were you know, a farmer, you had sheep and cattle and stuff, but also you could fight and get plunder. And somebody stole a lot of stuff from Sodom and Gomorrah where Lot, um, Abraham's nephew, was living. And so he went to go get Lot back and in the process got a lot of swag. Okay? And he comes back and one of the first people, they're the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah, and there's a priest there. And the priest says, you're blessed by God. And Abraham gives him 10% of all that he's just laid his life on the line to earn. He does that. And then the kings say, hey, could we have the people back? You can keep all the goodies, right? And Abraham gives them all, everything back. So he basically did it for nothing. This is what y'all are afraid of, I know. But bear with me here. 
Um, so he gives it all back. And then in chapter 15, this is what God says to him. The Lord spoke to Abram, that was his name then, in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I am your shield and your great reward. Like you've given up that, that stuff that you earned in battle, I am a greater reward. I am a, I'm your protector. I'm your great reward. Um, I know y'all remember the biolage that I decided to get for myself. Maybe you don't remember that. But it's a good thing to ask yourself, how do I make decisions when I think nobody's looking? If somebody doesn't charge me for something at the store, do I have enough trust in God to say, you didn't charge me for that? I mean, I'm the person who will always go back and tell me if you... To tell somebody if they overcharge me, right? Well, I go back and say, I didn't pay for that. I try to. I found a jacket while we were on vacation. It was awesome. It was like such a cool windbreaker, and it was just laying there on the ground, and we were right by a visitor center. And I was like, ooh, I really want to keep it. And then it was like God was saying, that is not your jacket. And so I went back in, and I turned it in, and I was like, but if no one comes, you know, call me, you know? How do we act? I think that those little things about how we treat our money, are we, do we have integrity, are we willing to surrender, even when we would get a benefit by not, can we trust God to be our reward? Our great, our shield and our protector and our reward. That was a surrender for Abraham. Money was number two. Number three, um, that he surrendered after 24 years had passed, so he was now 99. God says, I want to change your name. I want to change it from Abram to Abraham. Abram was exalted father. And remember, 24 years ago, God had promised a son. So you're going to have a son. Hadn't happened yet. Don't you imagine that 99 years old, Abram was kind of wondering? We know he was. Like, mm, clock's a ticking, Lord, you know? Like, let's go. And so God changes his name, Abram, exalted father, to Abraham, father of many. Now, y'all, that's a big surrender if you can't trust God to help you live into that promise. Say, man, exalted father was bad enough. Father of many? I mean, that's almost a mockery if you don't trust God. But that's what God's saying, and Abraham takes on that new name. He becomes Abraham. Sarah becomes Sarah. And then God goes on and says, oh, by the way, let's talk about this thing called circumcision. Hmm. Well... <laughs> Now, that's not being circumcised as a baby. All the men in here are like, oh my gosh. you know. And that's what God was saying is change your identity inside and also your body in a very personal, very painful way to signify our relationship and the depth of it. Can you surrender that? And Abraham does. He calls all the men in his family. He's like, okay, here's the deal. We're, you know, we're set apart by God and there's a really painful way that we're going to show that. you know. And he goes and does it. It was after that that Isaac was born. So God gives Abraham Isaac, his son, whose name means laughter. And then the last sacrifice is that God says, okay, now sacrifice Isaac to me. Now, y'all, Abraham knew God hated human sacrifice, child sacrifice. That was a common practice in the land of Canaan and other places, you know, to show your God that you really were serious. I mean, it was awful and atrocious to sacrifice a child. And Abraham knew God was wholly set against that, that he detested it. And yet he trusted God enough to think, I think God has something going else going on here. He's going to provide in some other way. And that's what happened, is that the angel stopped his hand. There was the ram he'd been expecting to be there. And God said, now I know that you really love me, 
that you've given me the last piece, which is the child you love so much. He was fully surrendered. Okay, so we surrender in pieces, right? Abraham did. We all do. Today, I want to talk to us about how we could do that second step that Abraham did, which is surrender our finances to God to help it get better. When we give over our control, it actually will. Um, Let me share, begin, I guess, with Proverbs 27. I'll give you a little bit of chance to look at that. And before I get there, I'll tell you that God's plan for us, as we see in Genesis, was that um, he created the whole earth, and there's all these um, animals and birds, everything, and God puts us there and says, you are the caretakers of all of it. Under Over all of this, you are responsible. There will be food to eat. There will be work to do. You are the ones who are ruling this earth. And that is a great joy and a privilege. It's also a great responsibility. So how do we live into the responsibility? Well, let's go to Proverbs 27. How do we surrender? Well, this says this, riches can disappear fast, so watch your business interests closely. Know the state of your flocks and your herds. Now, in an agrarian society, you can imagine if you had a few sheep, you would know what was going on with those sheep. If one of them got a sore foot or it couldn't produce some milk or the, you know, whatever was going on, you would know. But as the flocks and the herd grew, you might have other people in charge of things. This, the Proverbs are saying, no matter how many sheep or cattle or goats you have, you need to know what's going on with them. You can't be like, well, that's taken care of now. You have to know what's going on. In today's language, since most of y'all do not tend sheep, I would say it will look like this. To know the status of our flocks and herds will require us to know what we own, what we owe, what we earn, and where it goes. What we own, what we owe, what we earn, where it goes. Someone said insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results, right? And I found a lot of times, even in my own life, I have prayed insane prayers. I have dug myself into a financial hole, realized I'm at the bottom, and then gone. Oh, God, help, right? God is happy to help us. But then I go right back to the same thing that got me in the hole. I want us to get out of the hole, y'all. God will help us out of the hole, but how do we not keep digging? You know, like, help me, God. Help me. You know, it's like, you're digging further. Stop. Okay, so we know, we, we start by taking stock. Who likes to do this? Anyone? Like, yeah, let's go. You know what we should do after church today? Let's go look at our finances. Oh, boy, that sounds like a root canal, and let's go get a shot, and then let's go look at our finances. That'll be so amazing. But we need to do it, and as you do it and as you get accustomed to doing it, you'll have to do it less and less. But there never comes a point, no matter how big the flocks and the herds get, that you don't look at them and see what's going on with them. The second thing is this. Once you've looked at what you have, at what you owe, at what you earn, where it's going, then go to Proverbs 21. It says this, plan carefully, and you will have plenty. If you act too quickly, you will never have enough. Have a plan. This is a prayerful plan. This is a plan where if you have a spouse, you take their hand and you pray together. God help us to see the way to use what we have, how to get out of the problems that we're in, how to allocate things, help us set a plan, and then live by it. Now, Kevin and I, when we were um, first married, we went off to seminary. Kevin is older than I am, and so he graduated a year before I did, and he um, was already in this great job, and we got married for three months. I was still in school, and then graduated, and we went up to Kentucky, and he got a job. Yay! It was an answer to prayer. 
The problem was that there were like hundreds of college-educated people who had spouses in seminary, so there was a glut on the market. And he got this great job at the school that was doing the exact same thing he'd been doing before, exact knowledge, and it paid $18,000. $18,000. We knew every sheep we had because there were like three of them, okay? And we had to plan so carefully, y'all. We, we knew we didn't owe very much, but we knew how we were going to pay for the rent. And we knew we had $30 to spend on groceries. And so it was a lot of bananas and peanut butter and jelly and spaghetti because that's cheap. And, I mean, we really knew where those things were going. Then we got out of school. We, went back to, we came back to Texas. I got a job as a pastor, raking it in. And Kevin got another job um, in the school district, okay? So you can imagine. But at the same time, school district, pastor, but we were two income now, no kids. And we were like, you know, the flocks and the herds just got a lot bigger. And so we stopped paying attention. We were like, we're good. You know, we don't have any debts. Um, we're, I mean, we did. We had housing stuff, but, you know, no big ones. No consumer debt. So we just let it go. And then I went to preach years later, like five years later after this, I went to preach a sermon on finances because I thought, you know, we can't just not talk about this in church. And I was reading all these things, and I was getting into God's plan, and I was kind of like, ooh, maybe I don't have this as together as I thought. And I shared it with Kevin, and we're like, okay, it's time to look at the flocks and the herds. It's time to make a plan. And we looked at it, and it was painful. I mean, we were making more than we'd ever made, and we were spending more than we'd ever spent. Not on huge things. I mean, we, we don't have a flat-screen TV. You'll laugh at our TV because it's the old tube TV. But we were spending it in little ways, and we were going out to eat, and we just weren't paying attention. We can't do that. We have to pay attention. We started to pay attention. We were doing that for almost 18 months, and we had this catastrophic, um, our foundation in our house started sinking into the middle of the earth. I mean, New Braunfels is just crazy. And they said, oh, yeah, we can fix this, the foundation people. We're going to have to put piers all the way around the house, and that'll cost $10,000 if the plumbing doesn't break. And we were like, ah, you know, (laughs) oh, my gosh. And so um, Kevin took every hour of overtime he could get, and we didn't go on vacation and put the money there. And we had had saved an emergency fund because of planning. We put that all in there. We scraped it all together. And after a couple of months, we were able to get through it. I mean, it was crazy, and it was awful. But in the midst of that, Kevin looked at me and said, I am so glad that this happened this year instead of two years ago, because we couldn't have done it. It would have sunk us. And it was not fun, and it was not pleasant, but because we had a plan, we got through it. So you have to have a plan. My friend said, the day you surrender is the day that it gets better. You see how surrendering our finances doesn't mean we give up, but it does mean that we give up over, that we say, God, you do have a plan. You want us to know what's going on, and you want us to plan, to plan for it. I mean, we began to say, okay, a priority for us is that our kids go to college. How do we plan for that? A priority for us is that we want to be generous people. How do we plan to make that happen? Because it's not just going to happen by accident. If you let finances go by accident, what will happen is it's all gone. If you work the plan, if you look at the flocks and the herds and you actually take the time, though it's yucky, to pray about it and decide, I promise you it will be a blessing. You won't be staying up at night anymore thinking about finances. It'll be wonderful. We're going to talk next week about 
things like how to get out of debt, and then the week after that, how to, how to plan to be generous, things like that. Um, if you want more, I know I can't tell you everything in 20 minutes, right? I'm trying, but I can't. So you might want to go to that financial piece. You'll get a lot out of it. That's one of the books I read that I was like, wow, I still have a lot to learn about finances. Okay, let's pray. God, we pray that you would, you would lead and guide us. You would help us to surrender. You know it's not easy for us to give over control um, to you, but call us just like you called Abram, telling us how wonderful and free the future can be and what a blessing it can be and how you have great plans for us. And help us to find that freedom in you. Help us to want to surrender Um, because we know that the moment we surrender is the moment it gets better. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.